Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Wolverine. One Honey Badger. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Hands of Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 208. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a balmy six degrees here. It's hot as fuck down here. That's what everyone tells me. Yeah, 80-something degrees today. Maybe even higher during the middle of the day. Weather, it's fun. Tomorrow's Alberta Family Day. Hey guys, I don't know what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about Spy Seal by Rich Tomaso later on in Nerdboy Book Club. There's there's spies in it, and there's a seal in it. Like it's a very apt title. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of subterfuge in that title. Not in the title, mm-hmm. but there is some in the book. It is a book about spies. Yep. Also, pretty direct. And there's a there's Gila monsters in it. Yeah, scary ones. They're pretty. They're they're rough customers. We'll talk about them later. Uh, before we do that, we have comic books that came out the past couple weeks to talk about, Eric. Mm-hmm. And it is time for our debut, our new st- segment for this title. It's so clever. We're very we're very bright people. It is time for floppies fortnightly. <laughs> It's always fun. We have uh, a, 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 we're going to take a look at a selection of the past couple of weeks' books and tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there may may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, depending on how we feel about a comic book. Our first book is X Men Red, number one, written by Tom Taylor, art Mahmoud Azrar, colors Ive Svorsina, letters Corey Pettit. Another, a new X Men book with Gene Gray as the leader. Gene motherfucking Gray. Yep. In case you can't. Get enough of her. Jean Grey, some Nightcrawler, some Namor, which I'm, uh, he's a, a little guy, a guy out of left field uh, for this book, but I'm... It, yeah, well, uh, I mean, t- technically a mutant. Don't I always thought that was a weird decision. He's the first mutant, sure. actually. I know, but it's just still weird. Although, Apocalypse is actually the first mutant. I, it's, it's, there's... It's, it's, it, if, when it comes to mutants, the timeline's fucked. It's fine. Yes. Um, this is, I'm not... I don't know, this book is, I don't know how to, like, describe, like, usually when they do a X-Men and then a color, and they have a certain select set of mutants, I can quickly, you can quickly peg what the book is. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, Uncanny X-Force was always the Black Ops mutants, and then there's the the respectable guys, and then there's the kid book, and then, the, you know, there's always, you know, different, they take different looks at the different, the different members of uh, the mutants. I'm not... Like Jean Grey is trying to make a mutant nation of sorts, I guess is the and and with peace and like the mm-hmm. I guess the old and proper Professor Xavier school of turn the other cheek even as they shoot at you, I guess. Plus the return of Cassandra Nova mm-hmm. at the end there. What do you? That su- is who that is. What is what does this all mean to you, Mister Goodnight? Um. I 
I go back and forth on it. Um, it's not hard to paint this as a bunch of a bunch of old X Men concepts just reheated again. Um, there's stuff in here that makes me smile. You know, I like the inclusion of all new Wolverine and Honey Badger. It's funny. It's great. They're great characters wherever they are. Um, yeah, Namor for whatever reason. Sure. Power of a nation. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is kind of fun. It's very classic X-Men. I'm, I mean, we've already discussed, like, why would we really be excited about seeing Gene back? Um, it's not a bad book. Um, I would like X-Men to be very good. This is, this is just above baseline for a comic, really. You know, it's not, it's not poor, it's readable, it's palatable. I think this is a book you read if you are starving for X-Men, because it's not poor. It's very... It's it's classic villains, it's classic ideas. I think that's maybe the nice spin on it. Um, Wolverine up, gets her hand blown off, uh, and it's that, pretty cool. That does have it. I, yeah, back to basics. Yeah. Very, like, uh, hey... By the fucking numbers. Gene, it's everything you've already seen in every other book. I'm... I, I think when we touched on, you know, Gene Grey coming back, uh, my thoughts was always like, I don't really, I've never had a good idea of who Jean Grey is. Mm-hmm. Like, she never. She's the girl. She, Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I can't, I never read any books where she has, they've done something more than she is the girl or she is a, a apocalypse machine with the Phoenix. Like, it's always, like, she is. she was the Marvel girl, and then she was the Phoenix, and then the Dark Phoenix, and that the Phoenix thing has basically taken over a character for most of the time until the 90s when she was then Cyclops' wife. And then there was the 15 different other versions of Jean Grey permutations. I, I, I think I'm a tentative, like, buy on this, probably a little mushy, in that I like all the cast. I like the cast. Mm-hmm. I... I, I think every single inclusion of it is interesting uh it's not very big the cast yeah which i no. like it's six it's not too inflated yes. no it's not 14 different people it's six and that's in mm-hmm. they and they like some are like they don't spend the entire issue getting every single person they just go hey you don't you don't need an app know why they have nightcrawler you know nightcrawler is there because he's nightcrawler he's the heart mm-hmm. and soul and then you get namor and namor is the one you're like mm, why would he I'm that that Namor's got me a little curious because why would he join an X Men? I'm maybe because I don't know, but I'm like Cassandra Nova. I've always liked her as a villain. She is like yeah. the, she's the anti Professor X. Um, I'm interested to see Jean Grey trying to take that the the leadership mantle, and I'm gonna give it some time, give it a few issues, see how I feel about it. You know, it's not. It, it's not like I've I've seen some reaction to this is like wow this is really great I'm like it's it it looks nice mm-hmm. um, I, I don't although I'm not totally on board with how Jean Grey looks in this but I don't have a problem with it I like her outfits in it honestly I don't think you're gonna come back from the dead and be like so on point with your modern fashion I think it would take you a while to warm up to it but that's a that's a minor nitpick on my part um, of course I unlike a buy mush meter 
two. It's like a wait and see. I, mm-hmm. I the Cassandra Nova, I, I that that twist at the end, it makes me want to go. Hmm, she let's... no, Cassandra put me over the top. Honestly, that and uh, it's a teaser for the next issue apparently. But this Travis Charis drawing of of Nightcrawler with a fucking beard, what? <laughs> That makes me want to fucking buy X-Men comics. Holy shit, he looks awesome. Mine got. Yeah, for real. So are you, what, are you mushy at all? I, I will match you on it, um, okay. because basically I have a lot negative to say about it, but like I really want X-Men to be good, and this is great and on a curve. It's a good comic, you know? Yes. Enough to give it some a couple issues to see mm-hmm. how yeah. how it does. So double buy, Mushmeter two, X Men Red number one. Next up is Sideways number one. Storytellers: Kenneth Rockefort and Dan DiDio. Dialogue: Dan DiDio and Justin Jordan. Colors: Daniel Brown. Letters: Carlos M. Mangual. Another one of the new characters spinning out of Dark Knight's Metal. That sentence makes me sad. Yeah. I- I don't, I don't like this. That's because it's not really that good. I, I like Kenneth Rockefeller as an artist. I think the art's really nice. Yeah. I like the color with it as well. Yes. Um, everybody but, looks like they've never slept, though. Yeah, they're a little sleep. I mean, they're high schoolers. I mm. didn't really sleep much in high school, but I mean, I slept in class occasionally. You say I feel like teenagers do nothing but sleep. I slept on the weekends. Pretty much only slept on the weekends. I just, just everything that's happening in this book feels pointless, wasted time. Um, it's pretty dopey. This, oh God, what was the book that it made me think of? Um, there was another, another book that was like very similar. Blue Beetle, maybe? That was, it was definitely Blue Beetle. And it had this same kind of really pandering, really hammy. Like, just, like, signaling so hard, like, oh, for kids, for kids, for kids, for kids. Um, you know, it kind of make, makes me think of uh, in the Judas contract where Beast Boy kept saying Michael Jackson. Yes. This is, this is the modern version of that. It's just, it's just heavy-handed and not really, not really anything. Like, I, I, I. It's like this book is just like, you know, how when you turn your television on and you're doing other things, this is that comic book. It This is the, the comic book version of the television making noise while you're doing other shit. It's just that the like. All right. So the solicitation for this is like, yeah, sideways, new hero is excited, exciting. And he's going to he's destroying the space time, uh, the whatever made up science. And there's mm-hmm. a, a something to stop trying to try and stop him. That is four pages of this, of, yeah, uh, of this book, and none of the scenes of this generic guy in high school makes me like the I, generic guy in high school does not. I, that's not interesting. I don't like. He has a girlfriend. He has who has made him a costume. He has. He's quiet because he had. He was part of the incident. Okay, it's just I don't. The interesting part is what is this giant alien thing that it wants to kill him for trying to destroy? And that's the end. And he's like, no, you need to read the second issue to get to that. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. instead, I'm not going to read any more. I, I, yeah, 
it, it's just I think that's 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 certainly fair. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the elements of this. You know, I like the ideas in it. It's just not executed well enough. Um, I mean, you could show me a teenager getting stupid superpowers and it affecting his life a thousand times, and I will still read it and enjoy it. But show me some kind of spin on it. You know, show me something fun. Um, this is really focusing on the wrong things and, and just, I don't know. It's expecting us to be really impressed by stuff that's not really that impressive. I, I mean, maybe it is for the sake of, like you're, like you're saying, really trying to save the, the, the fun stuff for the next issue, which kind of feels like a lot of DC comics. I feel like if there's going to be Dan DiDio's name on a book, I'm going to not like it. Yeah, that's It's going to usually... feel like this. Yeah, and it's also... I, th- like you said, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with, hey, it's a high school kid mm-hmm. who gets weird superpowers. There's, I mean, it's yeah. like the basis of half of superhero comics. Like, but... I, I, the, 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 the elements of this weird, isolated teenage dude gets teleportation powers, has a weird, isolated girlfriend. But then has a YouTube channel. Yeah. What? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Okay. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I still don't know who this character is. Despite all that time they spend Mm -hmm. about talking, literally everything is talking about him. It's always, everything's about him. And I still don't know anything about, I don't know. He was, had, he was part of an incident. It gave him powers. He doesn't talk at school, but he has a YouTube channel that is literally just him talking at a camera with a mask on. He's, I don't, I'm going to do not buy. I think Kenneth Rockefeller's art is great as always, but. This story is just... I, I'm not hooked. There's nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. Double do not buy. Sideways number one. Next up is Versus number one. Script, Ivan Brandon. Art, Isad Ribic. Colors, Nick Klein. Letters, Aditya Bidikar. Uh, graphics and design, Tom Muller. Editor, Sebastian Gerner. I have a feeling Isad Ribic could basically do any book that he wanted and you would read it. Yeah. I was going to say that exact same thing. I was literally this like... This is... Yeah, yeah. No, I I know you. I know you pretty well. This is this basically is Esad Ribic doing whatever he wants and you reading it. Yeah. This yeah. is a very European comics, Meta Barons... Did, did Esad Ribic ever do a Meta Barons book? He would do a baller-ass Meta Barons book. I don't think he has. I think he might have done some fan art or something in some collection. That's I forget. That's certainly I am not aware of everything he's ever done. I don't think I'm not aware of it if he has. Yeah, it it, it seems like it'd be a really really good fit. Um, whatever the case is, um, this is a a dumb comic that I really like. <laughs> um, this is this is kind of I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where to put it like. I kind of want to compare it to both Die Hard and to um, Demolition Man. It's but like I think it it has less character than the, than either of those. <laughs> so far, I think you're right. Yeah, and I I mean I I love both of those things, but it is like dumb action movie on like I. I... It is it is uh th- this is what I I, I called I got uh it's you know space gladiators 
which they mm-hmm. themselves, Ivan Brandon says at the, like, in, in, at the after word thing. Yeah. But Running Man, uh, Rollerball, mm-hmm. um, even a little bit of Starship Troopers is in there. The the movie, yeah. not not the books. Um, it is. I mean, it's it is super dumb. One there's this one dude who is a a, a great great. I tell I I guess whatever tell broadcast they broadcast gladiatorial games in space. It's also there's some like Warhammer 40k influence in this thing with like I mean why why not? And and obviously like all those your meta barons and European comics like that. There's all that's all in there. Uh it is really dumb so far. It is the our personality traits for this guy is that he's very famous for killing people in space and he's very tough and uh they he would happily let them chop off more parts of his body if they need to it's just so he can continue to kill people but i think yeah it's he said ribic i i i i've been waiting for this for like months when i that this is gonna be his next series i'm like yeah i'm gonna buy it i'll buy i'm gonna buy all this it's fine that it's i don't I, i'll just stare at it just like absorb mm-hmm. absorb him like a dude stabbing Drawing. two dudes oh, yeah. while he's getting stabbed sure with his doc ock arms yes yes these environments are fucking great. Like, Asad Ribic is a really fun comic artist. Like, I just, it's just fun seeing this. Like, this is so stupid, I want to not like it. And I really like this stupid book. It's so dumb. I, I think there was a certain point where I'm like, this is a little, this is really weird and dumb. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a very a, 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 like a momentary like doubt. I'm like, do I like this? And then immediately I turn the page, and the <laughs> dude is like stabbing people with a knife. And I'm like, no, I like this. I'm why would I doubt yeah, that's this? A, I like this that's a lot. A, that's a great. Uh, that's a great. That's a that's a great save the cat moment, isn't it? Stabbing two dudes. Yeah, and just like yeah, I'm not. He's like he's dying. He's like, oh, I'm not dying alone. They ain't happening. Boom. And of course, he's probably gonna get they'll resurrect him and put more machine parts on him. And I think that's what I, like I'm interested in. Like it is that is a very meta Baron's kind of idea where you just replace the parts of a person until there's just like mm-hmm. nothing but cyborg and metal left. And like I'm that's what the the interesting part to me. Of this is like what how like how that goes with this guy who is just like this big murder meathead. And like maybe you know I I'm excited just for the journey. I don't with I get to look at Eastside Ribic art. So I'm a buy. Like the, no doubt. Fun fun times. Let's 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 do it. Murder Meathead the book. Basically, uh, that's a double buy in versus number one. Next up is Cold War number one. Co-creator and writer Christopher Sabella. Co-creator and artist Hayden Sherman. Letters Hayden Sherman. Uh, that's it. Speaking of odd. Mm-hmm. This is a weird book. It reminds me of oh, I forget the name of it. The 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 book that was dude like people in an abandoned city and aliens were around and they are bugs maybe and we never saw them and halfway through the story the dude who was or the I forget whoever it was the protagonist got killed and our yeah. and our POV got switched over to this to other the three or four guys. Yeah, the other people that ended up that killed that they killed the person. I forget what that book is too. We would look a lot more professional if we were recalled it. I'm looking. But I think um I don't know that's really that good a trick. You know? No, I don't subvert us that way. I don't I don't like it. No, it's um 
it's shallow. Like, why do I care? Like, why do I, like, whose mind is that really blowing? Like, how is that good storytelling, really? I don't know. I, I. I'm not, I, it, I, I don't, I, I want, I guess the only reason that I like it better in this is that the perspective of the dude that we start with in this is completely boring. So good. Mm-hmm. We moved on from him, but generally I, it still like, it doesn't give us time. It takes time away from these other characters who might be interesting uh, in this weird future war world where they don't know. Uh, we don't know what they're fighting. Mm-hmm. We don't know what, like, it's six, almost 600 years in the future. We don't know. It was from the 90s, so 2600s. We don't know why they're fighting. We don't know really. We know their names. We know one's like an old lady and a couple. Mm-hmm. is One is a couple that have literally gave themselves bl- bloodied their arms with tattoos. Like, it's like a, each character that we have that we know and is still alive by the end of the book is just like a trope. Mm-hmm. Like you have the obsessed couple, you have the old lady, you have like, it's just a bunch of like characters that have a name and one identifying quality. And when you spend like 12 pages or more with, Hey, look, let's have this person have strong narrative voice. They are a soldier and this is what they're made for. Their only good thing. The only thing they've been ever good at is killing, et cetera, et cetera. Like they went to prison and that was the hardest war, you know, like all these things. And then they die. Like the only message it sends is that people can die at any time and that no one is, none of these characters are actually special and that the one who is most prepared for the situation dies just as easily as anyone else. I don't think it's worth it when, especially in this, if this was a trade, it doesn't matter. I think, but you're trying to sell next week's comic or next month's comic, ideally. And this makes me go, I don't, Want to get? Why am I getting invested in any of these characters if they're just going to die? It's kind of my problem with a lot of the nouveau. Hey, let's just copy Game of Thrones and kill off characters. Mm-hmm. Is I need to be invested with them for their deaths to mean anything? Yeah, or even interesting, really. Yeah, I, I just flat out don't enjoy being in this world. No, it's not. There's there's no like. I mean this this book is trying real hard to be just all hook and i at a certain point you lose me you know you start off with the beginning of this you're like okay they're waking up they're dumped into this war okay that's weird and interesting but then just i don't know after half this book just spending it on watching everyone die i'm like all right i don't really I, i i don't know i i have no interest in in plunking down five bucks to come back to this again it, yeah it's just fighting 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 there's just it's just new murder machines every other page mm-hmm. and after a while I was just like that's nice but give me something give me like I don't if the characters aren't going to be developed in this give me some context about this world other than it, it is filled with cyborgs and nano grenades and spears that fly through the, like things that just decapitate people and smarmy robots what do you think about the art it's interesting. Um, works well with the color. It's garish and harsh, you know? Um, like, I think it's good. I don't know that it's pleasant to look at. I think it's part of what leads to the harshness. I feel like it's it's a more technically sound Frank Miller kind of-esque 
it look to it. Made me think of uh, Fife a little bit. I was going to also say Fife, who uh, would French kiss old Frank Miller if he could. No, I was going to say I'm 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 still I would rather read Cobra. Yes, where you know it has kinetic action and violence, but it also has characters. They you that... you you yeah you get to like the characters before something bad happens to them, and you're like oh man shit. I um I'm gonna do not buy. I don't. I I I'll maybe maybe check out the trade and maybe the collection will give it context, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be reading this issue. Issue. Yeah, um, it was I forget how to say his name. Sibalta. I I don't really think of him as like a Sibala. Excuse me, Christopher Sibala. I don't remember. Sibella is I, how I, I've always said it, but who knows? I, I I don't even know. Um, I never really looked at him as like a a poor writer, so I would imagine I, I've always liked, I've liked everything I've read from him. Actually, I have literally never read another thing by him. Unless we've read something together and I just didn't notice. No, He's a name I, that's been on my radar for a long time. No, we haven't. I don't, think, I, we've read the, I don't think we've right. read anything for the podcast, but I've read some of his stuff. Okay. Uh, and it, I've always enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. It's just this is this feels like very – this is like a concept that is overwhelming everything else in the book. And it's a concept mm-hmm. that I don't really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough thing when concept and world building – gets in the way of character storytelling it doesn't make things as fun to read no so you're do not buy i i am not excited about this book no okay double do not buy cold war number one next and lastly is death of love number one story by justin jordan art donald delay Colors, Omar Estevez. uh colors pages one through five felipe sobrero letters rachel deering Justin Jordan continues to get weirder. I don't know about this. Yeah, me too. Because I I think I know exactly the arc of this book. There's only one arc of this book that works. There's only one there's only one like this character either he stays an asshole or he doesn't, right? Sure. And I would imagine he's the protagonist as they as Justin Jordan writes at the end and he's an asshole. And but I assume he will eventually not be an asshole. And I what great like I already know the message. Like and I yeah. don't I don't care about the like, like whatever like what I don't know this weird the 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 cupids the cupid eye mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. don't know what I don't know what that what's that gonna do to the story like I don't know why he's killing them or uh, like whatever but I don't he himself. I'm not interested in seeing his journey to not be an asshole. I mean, are you interested in seeing him kill cupids with a chainsaw? Uh, I think I'm more or less. I'm less interested in that than in the. To, I don't. I'm fairly ambivalent to it myself. Okay. But I feel like this the the a lot of the crux of this book is: Do you want to see how that happened? Right. Even though you can basically piece that together. From right. this one issue, you basically know how that how you got to there, and like I think that having a, a comic book that is uh, a MRA red pill idiot as a protagonist and his journey to be a good person or a better person is pr- there's something there you could definitely do a story about that. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't want that story to involve like chainsawing cupids. Like I don't. <laughs> there was a really funny um, conversation that James Harvey had on his Facebook at one point, where he said he wanted a uh, an inspirational sports manga based around uh, uh, pickup artists. And I, th- I think that just in a tongue-in-cheek way could be a really, truly hilarious book. That's kind of what I want this to be. And I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't, what, what's the message in this? Don't be an asshole. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty low thing to put a moral in, in your, your fiction. It's pretty, it's always pretty clunky. It's always, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's I, what, I could do with I could I could do without this. Yeah, that's I, a, like I just I don't know I don't know how to dance around the fact that this is just not great, yeah, and I, I mean, don't enjoy it. I, and I, it's really it, it it's just this is a silly premise that's just doesn't make for great reading. Which is the I think both these latter two books are the same. It's just like I just don't. I don't, this is not, I don't, if it, I, I don't know. I saw a lot I of the people who I saw online reading this were also a little confused by mm-hmm. what, what's going on. I'm a do not buy. I don't, it's, I don't know. Eh. I don't know. It just kind of leaves is, me with a like, eh, whatever. This is Justin Jordan and Harris O'Malley, our friends, and wanted to write a comic and they've done that and maybe they shouldn't have. I, I don't know. I have read worse things, but I don't know. I, I you always thought you you only thought about if you could and not if you should. I'm That's a du- for you, Robbie. Thank you, I appreciate that. You're a double. Do not buy. I'm a double. I am a double, and we're adding you makes it triple. Okay, that's harsh. I'm not really a double. I'm I'm just my own double. I'm my own. I speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Do not buy this. So double. Do not. You buy. and the sentient tumor Ugh. on on your abdomen. No, no such thing. <laughs> He would get a vote, though. No, he really, he really liked damage. Uh, I'm gonna go to the, but, I'm gonna go to the free clinic and get that thing cut off if it likes damage. I think that's probably fine. So, double do not buy death of love number one. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. This time, for checking in. Checking in is part show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to. Uh, we read or seen or done or played or whatever. Um, Eric, I'm curious. You saw Black Panther. You didn't see it? Not no, not yet. Do they not show it in in Canada? It's six degrees outside, Eric. I don't so I don't it's not doesn't make me <laughs> the roads are icy. It's not pleasant to go leave my house. So I do it for needs, not once. And I, I will see Black Panther probably when the crowd is thinned out a little bit. I uh I went opening night and um it was a very good movie. It was the only Marvel movie I have been. It's the it's the only one I have seen in theaters probably since the first Avengers movie. Um, I did enjoy it. I was a little bit let down because my my um, expectations were extraordinarily high. I think most of the most people that are very excited about it will be very pleased by it. Um, it is a very good movie. I think the only thing that I don't enjoy about it is listening to people talk with an accent, like the most, the majority of the cast just talking with a fake accent for the whole film is just very frustrating. And I think it 
like hurts their performances a little bit. Um, Michael B. Jordan is fucking amazing in it. Um, and it, that is a nice contrast of like the rest of the cast versus him because he is so much cooler and more naturalistic. He is a, he is a fucking amazing character in that. I think it's worth seeing it just for his performance. Everyone I follow says he is the best Marvel villain ever. Yet, at least on the, you know, he, better than Loki. He is, he is fucking awesome. He is great in that movie. Um, and I, I just, I, the, the mm, yeah. <laughs> he is excellent at it. Um, no spoilers. Uh, definitely see it. I really had hoped you would have seen it so we could talk about it further. Um, but that will, we, we can never seem to do that. Also, tickets are hard to. Come. I find that so weird because we really didn't have a problem. We did go to a Cine Bistro up here. I will, I will most likely see it in the fancy theater that has mm-hmm. VIP, that does not allow children in. <laughs> yes. Although that is a beautiful thing about this film. I think it's PG or PG 13. Very kid appropriate, not, you know, the violence is not, it's not really grotesque. It's uh, not a lot of sex or swearing. It is just, it is a good damn movie. Um, I think the only thing that's even, um, I mean, I enjoyed this movie more, uh, but I think the last thing that I have enjoyed as much was uh, uh, um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. It's been that long since I've gone to the theater and enjoyed a movie. <laughs> but Mad, uh, Mad Max, I think, is still better. But this is still a thoroughly excellent movie. I'll see it, for sure. Well worth getting excited about. Well worth the hype. Um, and I don't know. I'm it's, it's blowing the door down. It was a great opening weekend. Excellent film. And here's a, here's a helpful tip, Robbie. People are not getting beat up at it. That's not a thing. I know, but thank you for telling me. You're welcome. People are really dumb on the internet. Yes, correct. Very dumb. Anything else you want to check in with, Eric? Uh, (laughs) I'm trying hard to think if I do anything else. Basically, no. Okay. Nothing. nothing. I, I watched the entirety of Star Trek Discovery. How many episodes is that? 15 the first season 15 15 okay that's not so bad are they hour or half hour they are 40 yeah an hour with commercials so 40 45 minutes each roughly is this the new show that people have been talking about correct prequel prequel series set 10 years prior to the original series you know kirk and spock and all them so this is this is set in the non-movie universe the old Correct. The television. Classic Star Trek universe, yeah. Correct. It looks like the movies, the J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. movies, because it is, you know, sleek and gleaming and looks like it was inside, filmed inside of an iPod, um, but it is the continuity, and, like, it, it seems to go to great lengths at times to, to make you, re- like, there's many Easter eggs and references to the original series specifically. To m- There's multiple characters that that are from the original series that pop up in this show. Um, the main character is Spock's half sister, adopted half sister. Interesting. Um, Spock is not, not in the series, but they drop his name a couple times, of course. 
um, she is a human that was raised by Spock's dad and hu- human wife. Well, Spock is half Vulcan and half human. She is all human. Um, I don't like it. Really? Really. Hmm. I really don't like it, honestly. The more I think it's, of the it's more interesting I, that you powered through all those episodes. You really wanted to have a fully a fully thought out opinion on I it. I recorded a podcast uh, about it for the serial fanaticist. Um, I just so tune in more to that for more for Robbie's bashing of it. Well, I can't wait to download that one. <laughs> I'm being completely honest. <laughs> it I, I can't it, wait to tune in for that shit. But. It the it has a lot of problems. Like you don't, you're not a you. You haven't watched Star Trek, right? Aside from the movies, right? I have watched very, very little. Right. So it my, most of my complaints come back to I don't. It doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. Um, it it you know the I don't like the characters. They're just not charming. They're not likable. Uh, the the universe itself, everything is. It's set in the Kling, It's set during the human Klingon, the not human Federation Klingon War, which is you know it's which is ends before the original series uh and i was curious and interested to see okay a show that deep space nine did that somewhat with war and i think i'm always interested to see okay federation is is this very clean very like you know when you think of star trek you think of utopian future where like there's no shortages of anything people join the federation just because they want to do things like they don't need to work anymore that you you can choose not to because no one needs to you know everything is free and easy um but it just is i believe i said on the podcast it is like rob liefeld 90s comics hmm. infuse their attitude into this story because it is it does everything in its power at every step along the way to remind you about how terrible people are and how we need to the ends justify the means until it doesn't do it, it like it, it do you have you ever watched uh jj abrams ted talk goodness uh no i didn't know that was a thing yeah he, he i mean it was a, a long time ago but at this i mean in the history of ted it was relatively early i believe but his ted talk is about mystery boxes in relation to television in 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 particular but you know in movies as well but television is more important because you're releasing multiple episodes you have to get people to keep watching and like think about lost which you have seen mm-hmm. unfortunately and, right and you think about lost and well i think the first season of lost is good after that it's i did i did watch a couple of seasons and i think it's good i enjoy i did have a lot of fun with the stuff that brian k vaughn worked on but it's it's still it's still fuck lost. Yeah, it, it, and I think it is a victim of the same. Ultimately, I think it is a that this Star Trek show is a victim of the same thing that makes Lost get lost. How it wanders and disappears into its own plot and up its own butt. Where mm-hmm. and he talks about mystery boxes. Mystery boxes. You always want the viewer. You always want the audience to be look. They always want to have to have a mystery box in front of them, and they don't know what's inside, but they want to open it. And so, you know, when you have you have lost, you think of there. There's a dozen different things in that show that aren't explained early on. And you're like, what is that? What is that? You know, what's mm-hmm. what's in the hatch? What is the countdown? Like, what is Dharma? Like, what are all these different things? And you know, each one of those is a mystery box. And every time one of those is open, you always want to have another one on the horizon because you want the audience to keep wanting to chase those mystery boxes. And it feels like they built this show around that. Around here's a couple of big reveals, big twists, 
of which some are obvious right away and others take a little bit of time. But it feels like they figured out the mystery boxes first and then everything else second. Mm-hmm. And it and in doing so robs the show of some of things that could be have more nuance and depth and said they do the easy M night Shyamalan. Here's yeah. a, here's a twist. I, um, that was exactly what I hated about lost. And it's just at a certain point, you're just like, okay, I'm completely uninterested in this garbage. You're trying to make me interested in and goodbye forever. <laughs> I mean, whatever Lost was a huge phenomenon, but, like, I don't think anyone's talking about it now as, like, one of the best shows ever. It's It, it has shit the bed pretty hard. I, think, I don't think anyone cares about it at all anymore. I, I think it's biggest... I think I still see people who are like, I should watch Lost again, and I remember that. And I think it, even the people who love it still see it as flawed. Um, it, is, yeah. it, has a, it has a lot of problems. And I feel like I'm going to... I'm going to give the second season a chance... But I'm not gonna watch the whole thing if I don't if if they don't pull out the stops early on with something really good. And my pro I, the problem oh. I th- I think is it seems to be chasing nostalgia, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it understands it. Like I don't think it understands what it's trying to do. It is a sloppy ass show. It was written completely by the seat of its pants. It was absolutely bananas the the way it was done. You should just you should just basically recreate my exact experience and watch all of season two and then never watch anymore and hate the show. <laughs> I watched I a- mean I, I I watched through season two. I enjoyed it. I got fucking pissed off just sort of thinking back on the season. And I'm like, I'm not watching any more of that. And that's the th- and this 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 Star Trek show moves really fast. Mm-hmm. To its own detriment. But it is never boring. I'll give it that. It is always something happening, but it feels like it should have taken three seasons of television, and instead they did it all in one. And mm, I don't, I, I, I understand why they did it because they wanted to make sure they got a second season. You know, they wanted to make sure they got everything they wanted. I think in that first season, in case it did, a second season didn't happen, because this is, at least for the moment, exclusive to the CBS streaming service, at least in the U.S. I believe it will be in different places in different other countries. But my rec- is if you're uh, my favorite Star Trek is Next Generation. I the more I thought about the show, the more I hated it. Um, you're if you're a Star Trek fan, you probably already have watched enough to know if you like it or not. But it it, it doesn't nothing. No, thank you. Hashtag mm-hmm. not my Star Trek. That's basic. I don't know. The more I thought about Lost, the more angry it made me. So yeah, that's the, that's the 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 mis- and that's what made me think. And like uh, Dan Harmon said something really interesting about that when he was talking about the creation of Rick and Morty, when some, they were talking amongst themselves, like, let's have a big secret and no one else, we don't tell anyone. And they said with, by the, like within the first four episodes, someone on Reddit had guessed it. And they're like, and he had said something like, uh, the audience is a big render farm. They're not, you can't trick them. There's a million people on Reddit immediately going to be able to figure like you're a writer's room is not smart enough and fast enough to outthink a million people, wherever how many people are watching the show. Mm-hmm. There, you you just it's a mat like a, a it's simply a measure of power of computing power of brains, and you are not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> and the, and the same thing happened with this. The all the reveals people had guessed prior, and so 
if the reveals don't mean anything anymore, maybe don't build a show around them. Yep. Yeah. Been playing more uh, Celeste. It's a lot of fun. Very hard. I've died about 7,000 times. I've unlocked the Seasides, which is the third version of each level that are even harder than the B-Sides. But it's a good game. Still recommend it. You ready to talk about Spice Hill? I am always ready to talk about either this book or Spies or Seals. And those are my standing rules. Oh, okay. I, I, I'll i add them, too. I'll write that down. Mm-hmm. Log can, that away somewhere. Yes. We can uh, move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic. Uh, this week we are discussing Spy Seal by Rich Tomaso, The Court and Steel Phoenix. It's the first four issues. This is a weird book. Tis. Tis. It's like Black Sad meets Hergé. It's all animals Mm -hmm. doing 60s spy stuff. Cold War London. Mm -hmm. I don't... I like it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's just weird. It's really... It's really... Well, no, it's very strange. It's... But that's... That's what I like about comics. This is a fully, like bespoke thing you know that it's who else worked on this who helped who helped rich make this i don't see anyone else's name on it but his so it looks like he might have done all the pencils inks letters and colors uh which is great it's too much work for one person to do um but that's certainly a thing i like that someone can do a work of art like this that's just weird and uncompromising um, and very unique to that person. And it's, you know, it's fun. It definitely it harkens to a lot of aesthetics and things that I enjoy, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad, you know? And Spice Seal likes the thick ladies. <laughs> thick with two Cs. Yes, of course. In case you didn't hear me pronounce that second C. This is feels European adventure, mm. European adventure comic mixed with Yeah. Do you know do you know who I mean, Hergé? I'm fairly certain you said that name to me before and then explained Tintin. it to me. Right. Okay. Tintin. Yes, that's Tintin, you know. Yes, I know this, Tintin. I mean this yeah, this is I mean, I own a couple of Tintin books that I've still not read. This the the cover design, the book design is taken directly from the Tintin books. Like, it is a direct reference to it. The font, the layout, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty clever, honestly. Um, it's a cute, fun thing. Um, it's oversized. Yeah, it is the size. That's, I mean, this is a, this is like a French comic. I, what did I think? That Hergé is Belgian? I think Hergé is Belgian. Yeah, he's Belgian. Hmm. <sighs> But, but all, <laughs> most of most of the things, I don't, I don't want to say genre because it's not a friggin' genre, but that's just the size that they're produced at. Right. You know, you pick up Lucky Luke or an Asterix comic, and that's that that is the size, that's the format. You know, that's what they work around, and it is tremendously fun that uh, that Rich like references that. Like that's a that's a very cool thing to me. I mean, I, I like. He said that this character he he invented Spice Seal when he was thirteen. 
Yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. And then he he started drawing it, and it went a little viral, and so uh, Image decided to publish it. It's interesting what has legs. Rich has done a lot of different comics, which I didn't know about until his um, open letter about his uh, money problems went viral. I think I sent it to you some time ago. We talked about it on this very podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too surprised. It sounds like a thing I would want to talk about. Um, you want to dive into the story? It is... We want to talk about the paper stock of this book now. <laughs> because let me tell you. It is, you know, Bond-esque. I'd say it's pretty straightforward macguffin kind of shit, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There's always... It's, it's an... Like, he... He has has said that you know whenever I in whenever I come to a new genre, which you know mm-hmm. espionage, spy stories, he says I I always try and do a kind of classic traditional thing, my own take mm-hmm. on a classic traditional thing. And he says a lot of time I lose track of that and end up doing something different, even though I don't really mean to. It just kind of ends up that way. And he says, oh, I think I really actually delivered that in this. And I think yeah, I think this is like aside from the fact that everyone is a different animal. It is a kind of very traditional, like, yeah, there's, uh, you know, bad spies and good spies. And they're even, mm-hmm. you know, they're British to make it even more. They have, they're numbered 000, 001. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very, I, I, I don't like it. Like you said, it references Tintin. It's also directly referencing Bond. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, the Phoenix stuff is all very much like there's always, you know, you watch old Bond movies. Like, no, of course, real spies don't do they don't work like this, really. But in the movies and in spy stories, they do. You know, there, there's, yeah. and especially at this era, it's a, it like, you know, I, I if you tried to do this in a current Bond movie, you'd get laughed at. But in the 60s, yeah, totally. That is, this is exactly what that is. It is dumb disguises and art galleries and, you know, tiny little cameras in your glasses. Mm-hmm. And 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 buxom ladies, yeah. There's still there's that too. Femme fatales. There's all of it. Although mm-hmm. I don't, the animal thing changes everything because it immediately grounds it in a, like a weird surrealism where that it does like you're and you you it, like in uh, in black sad sometimes it's the same way where you get used to it and you get kind of lulled. Into like you just don't see it as much anymore. You don't think about oh, they're animals. You just think oh yeah, there's the that's 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 the the one agent. This is a art dealer. This is you know you you just get you know their roles, you know their names, and they're not animals anymore. They're just like characters. And then like the his his spy spy lady helper, I forget her name. She's a bird. Mm-hmm. So they need to escape. She just picks them up and they fly away. Mm-hmm. I think the physics of it sound. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a are you a science teacher? Uh, yeah, in my spare time. Okay, I don't believe you. You probably shouldn't. That's because you're a liar. DTA. DTF. D- DTA. Don't trust anybody. Okay. That's a stone cold Steve Austin ism. But there's that. There's the when they're like they barricade the door and the aforementioned Gila monsters. They're like, yeah, we'll barricade the door. Oh, wait, they're Gila monsters. It won't work. It's steel. It doesn't matter. Because Gila monsters are strong enough to knock down steel doors, I guess. I mean, they are monsters, bro. Oh, I guess that's fair. 
<sighs> it's just I I was very struck by uh the the lady in a nightgown just mm-hmm. squeezing him with her thighs and then like awkwardly just waggling her arms up and down. She doesn't have actual wings. She just has arms. Mm-hmm. And she just flies away. And that, that it's a very it's a it, it that it sees like that that like you're going like it's actually like the spy story itself is pretty serious. Like yeah, people are getting hurt and beat up and shot and stabbed and stuff. It's bad. But then, yeah. But then there's scenes of them of like that that very subvert that the the seriousness of it make it very silly. Uh, and I think that's what that's really what I like most about it is that it's not afraid to be silly because I think doing a self-serious like 60s spy story unless it has a, a little of silly amount of silliness in it it doesn't work as well and I think endears me to the characters more than if it was just a serious spy story mm-hmm. I think when it hell when it looks like this yes obviously you, you, you can't you can't make it too serious very bright you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a lot he doesn't know i'm i'm a little mad robbie why is that that he doesn't do any jujitsu in this he says he does jujitsu i got excited he doesn't fucking do any jujitsu i mean that 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 more than anything ruined my sense of disbelief (laughs) not that he's not that the dude's a um, a seal yeah or i'm okay with that okay all right just no jujitsu Jiu-Jitsu watch. Mm-hmm. It's important to me. What do you think about his art style? Um, I enjoy it because it reminds me of of all the, all. I mean, the things that it's referencing I like. <laughs> you know? Yes. I like these European comics a lot. I like that there's a weird, I think Rich lives in Atlanta. Um, I like that there's a weird American dude doing indie comics and Image is publishing them. And they look like little fake, like, uh, European comics. It's great. You know? It's weird and it's quirky and it's fun. I imagine Rich is a cool dude. This is a... This is... I don't know, man. Comics should really just be fun. Like, God forbid we enjoy something. (laughs) I mean, you enjoy things? What? Mm Mm-hmm. I had seen it a news, uh, an article come out about how ultimately what will might end up pulling the sales up for this is the European market. I just can't find it that article anywhere anymore. Well, I would really like, I would really like, um, I would really like that to happen. I'd like for Rich to get some clout overseas, and you know, I, I don't know. Ultimately. I wish it were more sustainable and there was more money to go around um, so that people could make weird art and make a living on it. Yeah, and I, I think we touched on that when we read when we read the first issue of mm-hmm. how strange the market is. And like sometimes it's very simple things that lead to certain books not selling as well as they could or with mm-hmm. would like it it's not necessary like there's plenty of great comics that just you know don't sell as much as you want or as as they should you think but i it, it i think this is it is a very peculiar peculiar niche and is in a place where 
there's so many comic books. Mm. So many. And is the person who likes these kinds of books, who look this way, who tell this kind of story, uh, are they buying comic books in a comic book store? Like, is that where they go to shop? Or, like, they, do they buy single issues at all? I know, right? And, I mean, I imagine, yeah, they'll buy a trade, but how do they find that? How do they find out about that, that book? How do they know, hey, I should, like, they may go, they may not buy a comic like this, like, until the end of the year. They might go, okay, what's good comics that came out this year? What is interesting? And they like all the, th- all the things you've, we've mentioned. They like all those European adventure comics. They like Tintin. They, they like all that stuff and they'll buy it. Mm-hmm. But maybe they, they go, oh, I'll buy it at the end of the year. I'll buy six or seven books all at once. Like, or it, even like as an impulse buy, because I mean, are those people really going to be like on Twitter and like scouring social media or reading fucking previews? No, probably. I mean, th- no, there's not ev- not everyone who reads comics structures their entire life around it, which is what is required if you're actually going to be participating in the direct market. Because mm-hmm. you have to fill out forms and go to comic book stores every single week and you have to and keep up with all your favorite creators because they're the only ones marketing any of this. So if, unless you're following Rich directly or Image, who might put out an article on the week it comes out, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, unless you're following comic, like, the market for this feels like a bookstore. Like, if, a, if you saw this in a bookstore, I think it'd be more likely to sell than people who are shopping at a comic book store. And, it, like, there's mm-hmm. just, and there's all these different little niches. And I think Rich got caught, got caught being frustrated in this obscure, f- dumb way we, that comics are bought and sold. And, I feel like he's talented enough. Like this is a really good, this is really good work and he clearly cares about it. You know, he put tons of work into it. I feel like it almost, it almost seems like the comic book market sets its own ceiling very low on fucking purpose. I can't tell you why, but it's hard to see it any other way (laughs) because the, the decisions, man. It it doesn't make it, it's very difficult to one stand out and two if you're not it's so so fast. It is just you're there's so many issues any given week sixty or like there I, I I look through it every week and there's just so many books and if you do not strike right at the right time and just get lucky and everyone notices you you're not. I don't like it doesn't feel it feels like you have to be ready for an unsustainable journey. Like, you, you, like, obviously, like we've talked about it multiple times. About, there's many comic creators who they're they they do make comics, but it's not their only job because they couldn't afford to do it otherwise. And these are comic book people we know, you know, you know, their names. And yet they still do other work. Charles Soule for so long was a working lawyer. Jim Zub still teaches as he's writing the Avengers He's writing the fucking Avengers, and he still has to have a teaching job to pay his bills. It's just it's the way comics are, and it like I I feel like there is there was a time and I think it's always been kind of a lie, but now it's especially a lie. It's like oh, all you have to do is make good art, and eventually someone you'll get recognized, and you'll do well, and you'll succeed. It's not I don't think that's true, especially now, but I don't know. I I, I think this is a very unique, fun thing. 
I enjoyed my time with it, and it's 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 something I would hand. It's like its size and its colors. It all stands out. Like I would think that if you saw this, you immediately because like you put it in line with the other comic books, it doesn't look like that, and it isn't, mm-hmm. which I think is a smart choice. I feel like more comics should also vary their size and format because I think it helps them stand out and sets it apart. And I think it also is another eye-catching thing. Like you immediately can recognize, hey, that's a different thing. It looks like closer to what it is, you know. I like the I like I like the ending of this. I li- I like the the reveal. Okay, what what are we revealing? Because well, I, mean, I was not... incredibly confused the phoenix by those last panels. The phoenix thing what the gate thing that's right there no no that that the that the bad guy is a literal phoenix i just that's what i mean i don't i'm not talking about the the the, 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 the at the end there i mean huh. i mean the, the reveal that the bad guy is a literal phoenix and that he himself is exploding mm-hmm. that's a fun that's a fu- it's a fun little like it is a nice little mystery that you don't think about because they use the word phoenix a billion times and you don't think another and that's another way that the use of animals subverts the story a little bit in that you just think, oh, he's a bird because there, there's a, other birds. Mm-hmm. But no, no, he's a, and then like you think, oh, so in this world, there is there's there is things more than just animals, at least normal animals. Like a phoenix is like a magic bird. There's legendary Pokemon. Mm-hmm. What's the f- f- uh, fire giant fire bird in Pokemon? I don't know. I don't either. I, can't remember. I only remember Articuno because I think I had an Articuno. You, 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 you were an Articuno main. Apparently, Moltres. Ah, right, Moltres. Yeah, that you're uh, that you're asking about. I was an Articuno main. I yeah, I guess. I'm just. <sighs> Are you sighing? Uh, me? No, never. Never. That oh. he was part of my dream team, though. So okay, but that right. was. First generation motherfucking Pokemon. I don't know shit about it now. Yeah, I've always wanted to pick it up again because they look like great games. Get it for your Switch when it comes out. Sounds about right. In a year and a half from now, if not longer, I'll buy it on Switch. Sounds good. Yeah, this I, this is a fun book, and it's all ages book too. You give this to kids, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's I think another the there, I don't like why are do people just not it, it, like there's just not that many Western adventure books like this it seems like it, if it's not licensed it doesn't seem to exist like is it only like oh yeah we have that it's just we make it with the Donald Duck or Uncle Scrooge because I'm trying to think of other like modern adventure books that aren't licensed. There are not a lot of adventure books. It is a, a woefully underrepresented genre. And I feel like it is one, it's a genre that's very old, but is not, it doesn't show its age. Like, I feel like they're still, mm-hmm. they still work. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with them. I I always, like, I'm, it's always great because this is four issues, but it reads like a lot more because it it's mm-hmm. dense. It's told in a style where a lot of things can happen on a page and not like one thing happens and it takes two fucking pages to establish it. Yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm looking at you, Rainbow Rowell and Christopher <laughs> Anka. Good God. I was I saw that there was like you should if you like if you want more runaways, you should order this trade. I'm like, 
That trade. <laughs> what happens in that trade? Do they do they do they leave their apartment? <laughs> I believe they do, and they find one more member of the Runaways. Oh my God! <laughs> or <something>. the reveal. <laughs> Fucking Christ! I mean, like this book. It's just it is, and like I don't know it. I it's refreshing <laughs> so to get a book that is. I'm like I I pick it up. I'm like this isn't that thick, but then you read it. And you're like there's a lot in here, and that's nice. That's a good thing. When in so many times I read comics, and I'm like, what? Where is it? Where is the rest of this? And this I'm like, wow, there's so much happening. This is an entire story and a real entire story, not just like here's a collection. It doesn't really say anything. I think I'm I'm completely over uh, decompression in comic books. I think I'm completely done with it. Yeah, no, it uh, it's not entirely bad, but I think that people need to stop writing comics like they're motherfucking um, like they're TV shows. They're 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 not. They're they are their own thing, and that thing is very good. I don't think you have to go all Alan Moore on it, but. I, I don't know. I would happily take more people trying to be Ellen Moore. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm about 80% over that as well. I feel like we're getting a little bit of Jeff Johns trying to do it. I don't... Hmm. Yeah, that stopped you. You said the right combination of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just had to say the words Jeff Johns, and I went, oh, hmm, right. Doomsday now clock. I'm sad. Doomsday <laughs> clock. I remember that now. Apparently, uh, there's a lot, there's been delays on that book. There's a lot of been people grousing about it. I Spy Seal is fun and funny, silly, beautiful, colorful. It's, it's got thick bunnies in it. It does. <laughs> thick birds. T h i c c. Mm-hmm. It's and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's. A fun adventure, and the I, I I don't know. I'm more and more in the mood for that. Mm-hmm. Fun, just fun. Hey, Robbie, fun adventures. Robbie, you look like you you look like you've blown a seal. Do you know that joke? I'm not. Sh- it, I understand it. I don't know if I know it. It's a really dumb joke. It's, do you want me to do you want me to tell you? Sure, tell the relates. joke. It's, it's it's sentient animal people. Sure, of course. So there's this little penguin. He brings his car into the shop. He leaves it with the mechanic. He goes next door while uh, the guy's looking at it. Uh, and he gets himself an ice cream cone. He's a little guy. doesn't really have good hands. So he like he just gets it all over his face. He's just covered in ice cream. Um, and he, he, brings it, he, he goes back next door to talk to the mechanic about his car. And uh, the mechanic says, well, it looks like you blew a seal. And the, the, the penguin goes, no, it's only ice cream. Yeah. That's where I figured it was going somewhere along those lines. <laughs> I understood the blow blew a seal yeah. pun. That's double entendre. Yeah, that, that that joke not in this book. Not in this book. It, there's that's there's why this... it's all ages in our podcast is not. Yes, exactly. I I hardly I think we both hardly recommend uh, getting pick up spy seal. It's a lot of fun. I hope there's <laughs> more of it. And I I don't know. I wish the market would be in a place where it wasn't. It's survival. Mm. Was it reliant on weekly floppy sales? And I wish a lot of comic books weren't. Extremity is ending, by the way, Eric. I don't know if you knew that or not. It is ending where it intended to end. That's what 
Daniel Warren Johnson says it's issue 12 is going to be the last issue. He says it, I, I, he says I, I chose to end it here, but I wanted more of that beautiful, beautiful comic. And it's just, and it, it's not alone. There's many, many other, I don't know if it was like, who knows what the, if, if he's just saying that because he obviously doesn't want to say it sold poorly. So I'm doing something else or whatever, but I like that comic and I wanted to keep going. Um, and there's other comics just like it that I really like and they end up getting canceled or the creators have to put their efforts in other places because they need to eat. They need to f- pay bills. And I wish that the success of art like this wasn't contingent on if it can sell uh, 20,000 copies in a comic book store in the direct market. You know, in the 3,000 comic book stores there are compared to the tens of thousands of bookstores or hundreds of thousands of libraries. But... I, if you're listening to this, I say go go buy a hard copy of Spy Seal. It's worth your money. Next week, Eric. Not next week. Two weeks' time. I keep wanting to lapse into next week. Force a habit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Two weeks next time. Next time in the Hands Boys Comics, I will be reading Box Brown's new book. Let me get the actual... The something... You know, here it is. Is This Guy For Real? The Unbelievable Andy Kaufman by Box Brown. Uh, another another uh, bio comic after his Andre the Giant book and his Tetris uh, book. I, I have always been really interested in Andy Kaufman, and uh, I'm curious to see what Box Brown's take on it is. He always presents this, his information really intelligently. Well, we're reading that, talking about that, two weeks. I think that'll do it for us. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there. You can uh, find our links to us at Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter, at HBCHour. Uh, you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, if you're a fan, we uh, would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music, wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast or service you use. It takes just a couple of moments, uh, helps us out, helps us find a new audience. We appreciate that. Word of mouth, obviously, also greatly appreciated. Tell your friends. You can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Norman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.